So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily, and I'm here, as always, with my husband, Andrew. Hey everybody, we are super excited you're here with us. If this is your first time joining us, thank you. Thank you. Hello. Welcome. And... (laughs) So here at Outpost of Heaven, the podcast, our goal is to just have some real conversations about spiritual topics, about how we're applying them in our lives. We bring on guests who have a little more experience or maybe different experience, uh, maybe in some areas some expertise, uh, so we can figure out how do we apply the gospel of Jesus Christ in a real-world setting. You're so good at the spiel. Thank you. Good job. And honestly, another big part of it is we just need more good content, right? Like there just needs to be more voices and more places and spaces where you can feel uplifted. Absolutely. And you feel like, okay, I have friends in the church. I have friends in the gospel, people who are trying their best. We're not perfect. We don't know, have all the answers, but they're trying just like me. And I hope that's what it feels like, that like we're just having these conversations that you likely are having in your own home with your own spouse or your own friends. Um, and we just kind of want to help continue that conversation with you guys. Yeah, and I love doing it I mean, with you because it's just fun for us. And it's, yeah. it's nice to have this time to like add more good content to the world. So yeah. It's fun. And I find as you, you know, especially after General Conference this past weekend, mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about how I can consume better content and content that is more uplifting, even if it's not like straight scripture or straight uh, gospel focused content, but just general good content mm-hmm. that for a lot of reasons. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit today because today we are going to be reviewing kind of some of our takeaways and we're going to be discussing our takeaways and our questions and our action items and our goals that we made after watching slash listening to General Conference from October 2021, so this past weekend. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, for us this past weekend, I don't know when you guys are listening to this, Yeah. But but October 2021 General Conference, it was the bomb. It was amazing. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Yeah, it was super, super awesome. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about some of the themes that we felt were over overarching. Does yeah. that make sense? Um, and then each of us will share two of our favorite talks. Yeah. Why so we love them. We frequently say this, mm-hmm. but this might be a short episode. Ha! I doubt it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we say that. Every time. And every time we say that, we're like, into the hour. I so. have somebody from India texting me, asking me to call them right now. For work. Okay, go ahead. It was like a rant. No, 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 no. We're good, we're good. What do you mean? No, it's fine. I was like, saying like a funny thing. Oh, <laughs> you were saying like, we need to pause this no, so you can answer. No, 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 no. No, I just have this this contact that I've been trying to... I've been playing phone tag with him for a couple... Like, Well, if you need to take the call. No, you're fine. We're fine. I'll, I'll tell him I can't take it. I'm sleeping. 
I won't text him. <laughs> I won't tell him I'm sleeping. He's like, okay. I'll just text him in the morning. <laughs> it's like it's a weird. Okay. We have some. I have some business contacts in That's in the so cool. in Dubai and then some in India, and so it's like probably hard to get in it's hold of them. Super hard. Luckily, I don't think they ever sleep. So like oh. it's. I, I usually don't call them out of business hours, but they will frequently call me out outside of their business hours. Okay, so anyway, what were we doing? We're talking about... Oh, themes. Our main themes, and I can go first. Yeah, what'd you go well. first? So the main theme that I felt... I mean, everyone is going to have different takeaways from General Conference, right? If you listened to it or you watched it, you probably had things that were standing out to you from the spirit that maybe didn't even occur to me. So well, before we say this, okay, why don't you say how you prep for general conference? So we're backing up, backing up just a little bit because I think that can well, is going to yeah. it's going to kind of influence like your theme or what you felt the theme was. Okay, so yeah, um, prep. I didn't do like a whole lot of like good preparation besides just having general conference on my mind and like getting really excited for it. Um, I also just made a brief list like two days before of like, okay, these are the things in my life that I feel like are hard. These are the things that are very taxing emotionally for me and that it would be nice if I felt or heard something in general conference this weekend that I felt related to that, that I could feel that Heavenly Father loves me and because I felt the Spirit speak to me about these things, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of just what I did to prepare. So yeah. I had my list of like these are my hard things. Yeah, and for me, what I I did is a couple of days before um, I started thinking about which questions I should ask as I was doing my scripture studies. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I would say a prayer. I usually say a prayer at the beginning of my scripture studies, but then I also was specifically asking for questions to ask. Um, and just to be more mindful of my own needs. And so I, I came up with two, kind of three big questions as I went into it. Mm-hmm. So now. Okay, so just depending on your whole life situation, like you're, of course, going to get different things out of general conference than the next person. Um, so I just felt like most of my struggles had to do with patience and loving people and loving my dog and just like being a more loving person. Um, so for me, the general theme, I just felt like every talk was talking about this and maybe they were, but I felt this anyways, that everybody seemed to me to be talking about loving God. And when you love God, you're able to love other people better and you're able to love yourself. And that main theme throughout the entire weekend was absolutely everything I needed to hear. Um, I am so excited to continue to study those dots. I had kind of a similar experience for me, like the the main thing that stood out. Um, For me, conference was kind of a humbling experience. Frequently, uh, it's just exciting. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this conference was especially humbling. Uh, I think I I went into conference maybe with a, a unjustifiably high opinion of how I was doing. I felt like mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of the good things. You're like, I'm great. 
I will just enjoy conference. No, I wasn't. Which is, it's if that's an, a place where you're at, I'm not making fun of you. That's awesome. That's a great place to be. And I, I wasn't there, but I thought, you know, I can always be better. I'm working on some things. Um, I know some, like, of these, a couple of things I'm trying to tighten up. But when I was thinking about behaviors, I wasn't thinking about things that had to, like, fundamentally change. I was thinking about, like, tightening up some behaviors or doing better at my scripture study, doing better at my journal writing or, or family history or like kind of these like outward things. Mm-hmm. Like task things. Yeah, kind of like task things. And so I went into conference kind of with my questions that I asked uh, were, uh, I thought that they were kind of relating to that, like little task things. But the answers I got were more, they better answered my question than what I expected. Mm -hmm. And they were much more focused on kind of like, kind of our foundations. And I think there was a talk given by President Nelson that really epitomized my feelings about conference when he talked about the foundation of the temple. And Mm -hmm. so if you're not familiar or you're not are you not familiar um, with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, with our history or anything like that? We have um, temples, which are special buildings, where we make special covenants with our, our Father in Heaven. Uh, we receive special ordinances that allow us to be sealed together as families for a time and for all eternity. And also, it is a place for us to perform the ordinances, such as baptism, for our ancestors who have passed before us and didn't have a chance to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the biggest temples and one of the most grand and kind of iconic temples is in Salt Lake City, which is actually where Emily and I were, were married, were sealed together. And the over the past, has it been a year and a half now, I think? I don't even know. Time is a funny, funny thing. I think it's thing. coming up on two years, because I think they closed it at the end of 2019. I don't know. Yeah. I think. I say that, and I'm way <clears throat> off. But it's been closed for a while, and they have been completely renovating the foundations. And so they're renovating some stuff on the inside and updating some things as well. But the biggest part of it is they are imp- they're inputting these massive structures to secure the foundation in the case of an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And so they have gone in and excavated a ton of material out from around and underneath the temple foundations. And they've gone through and they're drilling holes in and putting re- reinforcing it and whatnot. And you can see the original foundation work of the pioneers as they were building this temple in like in the mid to late 1800s so amazing uh and you can see the the brick or like the big blocks of stone and the mortar work in between the stone and the the stones in some places have started to settle and crack and in other places the mortar has started to completely break down and so you can see that over time this would have collapsed and i for me, that was really powerful because I realized, and again, this might have just, I don't know if anyone else had this feeling, but for me, this is what really spoke to me was I have parts of my life that are, um, are the 
outward appearance is very good, but I have some deep foundational issues that are under extreme pressure going to crack and not be able to support the edifice of my life as a disciple of Christ that I'm trying to live. And so, for me, everything was about getting into who I am deeply as a follower of Christ, getting in at the foundation, and making some unprecedented changes in who I am on a core level, even if it means that who I am on the surface doesn't really change all that much or doesn't look like it changes. Uh, I think everything for me was needing to get in there and make some deep fundamental changes. And a lot of it had to do with unity mm-hmm. and with avoiding or not being a driver of contention. Right. And so we can talk more about that as we go, but that that was my kind of overarching theme. Yeah. Well, when we talked about it afterwards, I liked how we talked about like, your changes were more like perspective changes or like paradigm shifts. Yeah, there were deep paradigm shifts that were going to be complicated. Yeah. And those, to me, that's much harder to change than setting goals to read your scriptures yeah. so often or to study this topic or like... And, um, and I think paradigm shift might not be entirely the right word because I think paradigm shift refers more to like perspective Mm-hmm. And so it's just a changing of perspective, which can be difficult, mm-hmm. but it's not horrendously impossible yeah. or horrendously difficult. But changing how you feel deeply, mm-hmm. right? So changing kind of like your emotional... So not just your perspective, but like your emotional perspective. Bedrock. Yeah. So like not, just your, not your emotional perspective, like your emotional bedrock. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, th- I think for a long time I've been thinking, oh, you know what? I... I have these feelings and I have these emotions and it's fine that I have them, right? Like I'm choosing to try and act in a good way, um, but I'm just going to kind of not ignore them. I will address them in the sense of like, I will choose to do something else. Right. And I, th- and I think that to a certain degree, that is exactly what she needs to do. But in the long run, and I, I, I might be wrong about this. This is, an idea that I'm kind of exploring right now, I think we have to look past just making the right choices when we have negative emotions come up and start trying to change our emotional base. Fundament, mm-hmm. like our emotional yeah. foundations yeah. and our spiritual foundations. I think so. That's that's where I'm at after this. That's what you got. That's what I got. Yeah, Yeah. that was a a theme, and there were like themes inside of that. Yeah. But that for me was, hey, it's not enough to be changing how you're acting. Um, it's not enough to be changing your tasks. I need you. Like I, I felt like Heavenly Father was telling me, I need you to change your deep spiritual foundation. Yeah, and that is very humbling. Yeah, and I was like, oh, and then there were several things during the conference where, like, several talks 
um, while I was listening to them, I felt the Lord specifically say, look, here is a crack in your foundation. It's not necessarily something that's awful and that it's terrible on the surface, but it's like, this is a crack in your foundation. If you don't fix this, this is going to be a problem. And I just felt that several times. And it was very humbling, but it was humbling in a way that I've not always been able to experience, Mm -hmm. where it's a type of correction where I'm still excited to work so on it. So it wasn't like a beat down kind of humbling. It wasn't like a beat down. I was I, I felt like a little tired by the end of general conference mm-hmm. where I was like, oh man, I do need to do so much better. And that is humbling you realize like when you kind of get a spiritual berating. And sometimes general conference hasn't been like that for me. Sometimes it's just been like a really exciting I need like the pick me up. I need the encouragement. And sometimes the Lord thinks, all right you don't need more encouragement. Like you need to, <laughs> you need to be better. And yeah. for me, that's that was that was the nature of this conference, and I I loved it, and I'm excited to, and I've already started working on it, but I'm excited to to continue working on that. Good, good. I'm happy for you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I want to share two of my top. Your top talks. My top talks. My top that's talks. Good. Do you want to do one? Then I'll do one, and sure. then back and forth. Or you want to do? Yeah, let's two? do alternating. Okay. So I'll start. My favorite ones, I mean, I had so many favorites, so I just chose two of them. But um, Camille and Johnson, she talked. Camille of, and Johnson. Yes. Right? Okay. Camille like, and Johnson. Sorry. Well, you said it, I thought I, I wasn't Camille reading and it, and Johnson. I heard Camille and Johnson. And like, yeah. is her initial. Um, I'm 99.9% sure. But. Okay, so she talked about letting Jesus Christ be the author and finisher of our narrative. And going into the conference, actually, I didn't really have anything that would have been related to this. I felt like... As in a question you were looking for. Right, like this wasn't in my list of questions or struggles. Um, So it, it came across very, like, I don't know. Like, I was very surprised by my feelings in reaction to this talk. Um, because it was like a wake-up call to me. But basically what she means by that is that we need to stop being so scared of asking God questions. And we resist asking questions that we don't know the answer to because, well, at least for me, um, she gives several reasons why we might do this. But for me, it was because I'm scared of the answer that I think I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and that basically is just showing that I don't trust him. I don't, I'm not letting him prevail. Um, so there were some things in my life that I was like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Like I've been feeling this way for a while, but I haven't prayed about it because heck no, am I going to ask him because I'm way too scared that the answer is going to be what I think it is. And I'm not ready for that. And I'm not comfortable enough with that. And I'm in charge of my story and I will let him prevail in the things that I want him to prevail in, <laughs> but not in everything. And that was, like, very humbling, but also very, like, like an exciting wake-up call, like you were yeah. saying. Like, humbling, but exciting. And I have started praying about that thing. And I am, I think, getting the answer that I thought I was going to get, but I'm not scared. I'm Like, I feel really yeah. good. And we we had talked about this, but I thought I'll, I'll, I'll share this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really what's the important part of this concept of this idea of letting Christ be the author of your narrative is sometimes we don't ask 
questions because we don't want and we don't want a specific answer other than what we want Mm -hmm. and we assume that once we ask the question that we will get an answer that we don't want but i think really the important part of this is that we give the authorship over to the lord right in all things and it's the being okay with him telling us to do something that we don't want to do that's what's really important it's not that the Lord's going to come in and change everything you don't want to do. He just wants to with. see that our heart is open to Him right. writing our story right. and not us taking control. Yep. And so it's not about Him making all these changes. It's about Him uh, being the author, about you giving that over to Him. Yeah. So one of the things, I mean, she's her talk is amazing. You have to go read it or listen to it if you haven't. But um, one of the things she said was why do we want the Savior to be the author and the finisher of our stories? Because He knows our potential perfectly. He will take us to places we never imagined ourselves. I think that, like, I never imagined myself in a certain place because I'm too scared to, and I don't think it's going to be my story, and it's I'm deciding it's not my story and it's not my narrative, so put a stamp on that kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. when really, like, if I turn it over to Him, obviously it's going to be better because he knows the plan perfectly. Yeah. And he knows, like, he can see my life's picture and he knows exactly what I need to do. And if I just let him do it, then I'll be happier. So let me ask you a question about this. How do you then take ownership of your life still when you let him be the author of your narrative? That's a really good question because I was thinking about that today. Because you don't want to be... I've, I've known people who do this... Where they just say, "Oh, it's in God's hands," and then and they, then they don't act, or they don't, and they do don't act, and then yeah. they're like, like, "Oh, they don't have any ambition naturally themselves." They're kind of like, "What if the, if the Lord kind of pushes me into it? Into it, or that's like, what I'll do." Like just being a pawn in the, like a pawn in the God's game of chess, right? Or whatever. And that's right, not what that's it is. not what it is. But I think it's like going to Him with the questions and being so open to whatever you feel Him telling you, and then you act on that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into my question because yeah. it was kind of personal well, and I haven't decided yet. So, And I think maybe what it is is that it's the Lord's the author of the narrative. He's not the author of the story. Is there a sense. difference? Well, when I think narrative, I think of kind of your overarching like direction. Plot. Yeah, kind of like your plot line. Mm-hmm. Like it's the... The big twists and the big changes and, and like the big events and, and the general arc. Not just like the twists and the changes, but the, the your character arc and your progression and and your aging and your development and all that stuff. But what that looks like on like the ground level and like the word to word level or the sentence to sentence level mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that I think is gonna come from or almost all that's gonna come from us. And so I think the Lord might have a specific narrative that he's writing, but isn't necessarily writing each word or each sentence. Okay. He's writing the narrative. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. And so we can't turn it over. We can't turn everything. We turn it all to him if he desires. But I think for the most part, he comes in kind of as a, uh, a mentor writer. Mm-hmm. And to say like, let's do like this be the direction of the story, and then he lets us kind of 
fill in the smaller details and then he'll come in and make some changes here and there but and he'll have a, a kind of a a plot that we need to follow that we should follow yeah that's a helpful image thank you yeah. okay. oh my turn now yeah what was your favorite talk um or one of your two so i'll do one of them i, I didn't have a favorite but I'll, I'll do one real quick that I, it was very practical for me and i loved the the imagery of it it was from elder michael dunn who was a member of the 70 he was he was awesome so he talked about the british cycling team and apparently they were garbage for like a long time and i didn't i wasn't aware of this but in the early 2000s, I believe, or the late 1990s, I think it was the early 2000s, he, the, somebody came in, like they hired a new guy, a new coach, and instead of trying to implement this huge new system that was trying to capitalize on, on improvement in one area, um, he came in and said, hey, we're just going to try and get marginal improvements across every area of cycling and so they'd come in and instead of trying to get a 20 percent improvement in their mechanical proficiency of their bikes they would say let's just get a one percent improvement in this or two percent improvement and then we'll move on to the next area and we'll say all right let's get a one or two percent improvement uh, from our nutrition or one or two two percent improvement from our training routine or one to two percent improvement from our whatever it was and so they try to get marginal improvements uh, in a bunch of different areas and instead of trying to get perfection or giant improvements in any one area and that led to the british i think in the, i think it's the past 20 years they won the tour de france like six times nine times some ridiculous number and they in the past olympics they won more gold medals in cycling than any other country and it was because of this idea and i can't can't remember exactly how he said it but basically he said they they didn't make perfection goals they made moderate improvement goals and that just blew my mind because i was thinking about most of the goals i make are perfection goals so like when i make goals for let's say writing in my journal they're perfection goals. They're like, okay, I'm going to write my journal every day. It's like, or two in or the three. end, this is where I will be, so I must be there right now. Right. Or like, oh. Or like, that's what I'm shooting like, for Like, oh, right I now. should be having, you know, I should be studying these things every day, and so I'm going to study these for 20 minutes every day or, or whatever it is. And so I go from a place of, wherever I'm at, I try and make my goal a perfection goal or a pretty much near perfection goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said we shouldn't do that. We should look at goal setting and our progression as a, a practice of setting incremental progression goals. So I think I'll, I'll just kind of hand it off to you because I think your next talk, the, your other talk was by Brad Wilcox. Yes. So yeah. he has a great example that fits in this uh, this idea really, really well. So I'll just let you talk about Brad Yeah, Wilcox's. well, okay, so my second one was from Brad Wilcox, and he was talking mostly about this young man that was struggling with pornography. Um, and he... I'll just read this quote real quick, because I, I think 
He's such a good orator. He is he's so, so good. good. And he's so good at personalizing it. He's so good at making people feel loved, too. Yeah. Okay, so he said, being honest about your actions and taking steps to move forward is not being a hypocrite, it's being a disciple. And, um... Do you remember the details of the story? I I don't, actually. Do you want to, do you want to back yeah. up and do that? So, yeah. this, this young man was, dealing with, was struggling with pornography, and he would go sometimes like he, he would repent and then he would go like a week or a month at a time and then he would slip up and then he would view the pornography again and then he would get into a habit where he was just viewing it over and over again and he just felt awful he felt worthless he's like i can't i can't stop myself like it it is habitual now and like i am ruined and I, I come to church and I just feel awful because I'm trying, I believe these things that I should be here and I believe the church and I believe I have a testimony, but I keep using pornography. And he felt like a hypocrite because he believed that the gospel was true, but he was also struggling with a pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I was listening to this talk from a different perspective, from a perspective of a mom who's struggling to feel patience and love. Um, So I just like was so touched by this message of the idea that like slipping up and being honest about my actions and being honest about, um, like my struggle and my trying me trying to be good doesn't make me a hypocrite um it makes me a disciple and i like it i don't know that just hit me so hard and i think it was that morning or saturday morning i had like this huge emotional crying breakdown because i was like which never happens oh my gosh guys it happens all the time (laughs) (laughs) but i just i was like so mad at myself for like continuing to slip up with my impatience and just my like freak outs about silly things and um, crying all the time and and then like the kids want to do nice things for me because they see that I'm sad and then I'm like oh my gosh like they're so great and I don't deserve them and I'm blah blah, blah you know um, and I come in and I'm like <laughs> hi don't know how to fix this and yeah but i think like i mean i i think i said something along the lines of like i don't deserve their kindness to me i don't deserve like the blessings that i have like i'm a hypocrite because i'm like trying to be this great mom and i'm not doing it well enough i'm not doing it at all and and so like to hear that like trying to be good doesn't make me a hypocrite it means i'm trying it means i'm trying to be a disciple i'm being a disciple because i'm trying Right, and I just like loved that so much. So yeah, and that that was the same a different thing. perspective from the guy that was struggling with pornography. But I it applies across the board with whatever you're struggling right. with. And going back to my or my talk, my my mm-hmm. talk, the talk I enjoyed by Elder Dunn, it applies here because what this this boy's I can't remember if it was, if it was his bishop or if it was another priest some leader. leader. Yeah, I think it was his bishop said like hey like you're not a terrible person right like so let's let's look at where you're at now and let's just try and be a little bit better and so if you are looking at it you know every 
every day. And I don't, I wouldn't advocate this particular approach because I'm not a bishop and I don't know. Uh, but the the gist of his approach was, I'm let, let's just try and do a little bit better than you're doing now. And so instead of having our immediate goal be, let's never look at it again, um, the bishop said, this is a habit that we're trying to break now. And so let's try and just extend the period of time between episodes. Mm-hmm. And... And that really shook me, actually, because to me it was like, but pornography's bad, which of course it is. But pornography's bad. I mean, any sin that you're working on overcoming, it's like, well, I shouldn't be doing that. So, like, of course, like, the goal is to not do it. But, like, the way that Brad Wilcox talks about this is, like, it... He even said, like, it's not an all or nothing. Like, we have to make progress to become more perfect right and And i that like that really touched me and and so i say these things again with the disclaimer that i'm not prescribing any particular application of this because i think that especially with bigger sins like pornography addiction or anything with kind of love chastity or word of wisdom i would definitely reach out to your bishop if you're struggling with these things Mm -hmm. or your spiritual leader if you are a member of a different faith uh, but I would definitely, definitely reach out and try and seek guidance because especially if you are a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, bishops and branch presidents, are they have keys specifically to counsel you. Not just bishops and branch presidents, but uh, now elders, quorums, and Relief Society presidents have keys or they have delegated authority to c- counsel you through some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um I guess if it's a wor- if it's a worthiness thing, it's still it's still a bishop who who will at least help you initially. But the thing is, like, helping you try and figure out how do I correctly apply this principle is complicated, and that's why I would advise you to reach out. But still, this idea applies to smaller behaviors that are suboptimal. Choose goals that help you incrementally improve. Because what we're trying to do is trying to change who we are, not just how we act. And as we change, if we want to change who we are, we need to change our habits. And habits are very difficult to change over time. And if we come in with perfection goals, we're going to fail. And we're going to, for the, in most situations, we're going to fail and we're going to be very miserable. Yeah. Okay, what was your second talk? Oh, sorry. I ended oh, up you're talking good. No, long. you're good. Let's see. My second talk. I've been loving Elder Renlund's talks. Uh I think his talks are just so powerful. And he studies the gospel, at at least based off of his talks, in a very similar way to how I study the gospel. And my favorite way to study the gospel is to take two gospel principles that are seemingly in conflict with each other and juxtapose them right next to each other and understand how they actually are not in conflict because um it, to use like a logic train like we see that you know principle a and principle b are seemingly in conflict but we also know that the gospel is not in conflict with itself that it is harmonious and so if that's true and the first uh the first thing is true then it must be true that a and B are not actually in conflict, but there is some deeply valuable principle that unifies or brings harmony to them. 
So I, I love doing that. And Elder Renlund seems to do something similar because his talks are frequently on ideas that are uh, kind of governing these seemingly conflicting principles. And it went right along with the things I've been talking about. And let me just open up to it real quick. There was this... He, he was really talking about contention, and I think specifically contention amongst members of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, Satan laughs and God weeps for at least two reasons, referring to when there's contention in the church. First, contention weakens our collective witness to the world of Jesus Christ. Our witness to the world of Jesus Christ and the redemption that comes through his merits, mercy, and grace. The Savior said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. The converse is also true. Everyone knows that we are not his disciples when we do not show love one to another. His latter-day work is compromised when contention or enmity, enmity exists among his disciples. Second, contention is spiritually unhealthy for us as individuals. We are robbed of peace, joy, and rest, and our ability to fill the Spirit is compromised. I love that last part. Yeah. I mean, I love the whole thing. But my the thing that stuck out to me the most was like, this is spiritually, like this is harming your spirit. Yeah, and um, yeah. what I wonder is, okay, there are some things that I look at. I, I think contention, contentious issues that don't really bother me, I look at, I'm like, okay, this, this isn't a big deal for me. I don't feel contention towards members of the church who are especially upset about some things, like the the mask mandates or the vaccine, like the encouragement from the members of the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve to be vaccinated and to where to where masks were appropriate. Mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of members of the church who are very up in arms about that, and I, I sympathize with with their position, not because uh, not in the context of of feeling contention towards the church because of it, but because it's so wrapped up politically and, and it's. I sympathize with it because I understand why people are resisting it from the government and resisting government control. And so they are just letting, in my opinion, people are letting their potentially uh, warranted political concerns influence their their spiritual beliefs. And which I, I disagree with that. And for the record, like I'm vaccinated. And I think that everybody who can, you know, after looking at the the data and speaking to your medical professional, if it's right for you based off of your health situation, I think you should be vaccinated. I think it's it's extremely effective and helpful, and one the prophet has asked us to do it. <laughs> so, uh, so that's just one of the examples of these. Uh, in in political science, we call them cleavages, and Emily's giggling, but. Cleavages in political science are lines along which groups of people can be split. 
right? So I, that's what a cleavage is in a rock. And I you, know you, that. Okay. I know. <laughs> like, so I, I took geology. Okay. So a cleavage in a rock <laughs> is like a space where it's like in, a, in an existing rock, it's a, a line yeah. that where you can like split a rock into two pieces. Mm-hmm. And so cleavages in societies are lines which you can split people. Mm-hmm. And I think Satan is trying to... Um, split as many people in the church and in society in general along these cleavages that are both natural and artificial. Mm-hmm. And I... So there are some of these cleavages that I, I don't find especially difficult to... to uh, What's the word? To cross over and to feel love towards those people. But there are some... That there's some like groups in the church that are I, I realized I was having a hard time loving or like feeling close to, so like the the members of the church that are so seemingly anti like the institutions of the church like anti the prophet and anti uh, the traditional values of the church especially regarding. Uh, the family regarding the church's policy on homosexuality and and the doctrine of of sexuality and marriage and law of chastity and who are people who are so anti that and they're like just vehemently anti uh, not just wondering or not just asking questions and having theories but who are like aggressively anti um, I have a hard I, I realize I was having a hard time loving them and not making that divide worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said something at the very end. And I, these are just some initial thoughts. I have so much more that I have to do and so, so many things I have to do better. So these are just kind of my initial thoughts after listening to this talk and pondering on it for the past few days. Towards the end, he said, if we are not one, we are not his. My invitation is to be valiant in putting our love of God and discipleship of the Savior above all other considerations. Let us uphold the covenant inherent in our discipleship, the covenant to be one. And so I don't know exactly what it means to be committed to being one and also standing up for the doctrine. I I I have some ideas and I think Elder Gong later on gave a really good talk that answers some of some of those questions but I think it's a really complicated thing and and it's going to be a long road for me to figure out what this looks like on a like an actual act like a on a day-to-day basis but like a uh, situation to situation basis. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it actually mean for me to stand up for the doctrine, but also, um, how did Elder Renlund say it? But he said, "Put your like, put your your love of God above and discipleship else. of the Savior above all other considerations." Yeah. So I don't know what the solution to that one is, but it's th- that was one of my big takeaways that I need to figure out. Okay, I'm excited to hear what you come up with. Thank you. Because it's a, it's a tricky one. Yeah, it's super tricky, and I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. And they might be too sacred for me to feel like I can share here. Yeah, that's fine. But I hope that you guys are thinking about these questions, too, because <laughs> the prophets have told us, like, this is a big thing we need to be worried about. And it oh, yeah. seems like it's 
something that the Lord is extremely concerned about because a good portion of the talks overtly dealt with this topic. Yeah, unity and love, loving our neighbors. Yeah, and I have a lot more work to do than I thought I did. So I'm sorry to all the people that I've offended and (laughs) all the people that are on the other side of this divide that I have helped cause for in whatever way for however long. Okay. So, honey, That's we're going to do loves and less and loves. real deep. Yes, mm-hmm. loves and less and loves. Well, first of all, if you haven't listened to General Conference October 2021, please do it because you will be spiritually uplifted and there is something for you there. Yeah. Um, okay, loves and less and loves. I have a love okay. and it is kind of silly, but I have been loving making reels on Instagram. I think it's so fun. And at first when reels came out, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. You think everything new is stupid, though. That's probably true. But I was like, oh, this is so annoying. This is so dumb. Oh, my gosh. Like, Like, this is... These people are just so... uh, They're just... They need to be more like Facebook people. Okay. I just... No, no, I'm not even on Facebook, but... um, Now you're not. But when when you're first getting on Instagram, like, oh, Instagram's not like Facebook. It's so dumb because you can have more... It's just pictures. There's no words. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't do well with those kind of changes. But... Um, now I really enjoy it, actually. I love watching them, and I love making them, and I think they're so fun. And I've always liked, like, even as, like, a preteen, like, I, I loved making PowerPoints. Like, I was, like, addicted to PowerPoint. I would make random PowerPoints of, like, stupid PowerPoint's, things. like, the most boring thing <laughs> But as, ever. like, as, like, a young, it's like, 11-year-old. of the business world. I was, like, a 10, 11-year-old. I was, like, this is so cool. I can make a presentation. And, like... <laughs> Make all the like, <laughs> like make all the slides you and the fonts such come, at, a come at different times, and I can do this picture and dissolve it, and like it's so silly. <laughs> um, and then it was like, oh, like like I can make a video, or like I can make like I just like loved video things, and I would make like videos of our trips and stuff, and like try to like be this like worse, even worse than amateur like videographer and. I, I never got good at that, but it was fun to me. And like pictures and videos are fun to me. And so, so reels, reels are, like, are like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. Um, it's really fun. That is hilarious. You are a dork. And I know. I, love I know you. I am. Love you so deeply. I got really into High School Musical when it came out and I like made a PowerPoint presentation about like all the characters. Are you serious? And like their actor, like the actor and then like who they played. And it was so, so dumb. <laughs> but I was like, this is so cool. I'm, I'm making a presentation. I'm embarrassed right now. <laughs> <laughs> I should have never said it on the podcast. <laughs> There's, I believe, a deep, dark secret from her teenage years. She was into yeah. making PowerPoints yeah. of high musical <laughs> characters. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, my, I have on a, some hard drive somewhere. I, I have a less than love. Okay. Uh, I love General Conference so much that I get very protective of it. And you less than love your protective. I less than love how protective I am of my General Conference time. Well, I think it's good, but... Because I let it wind me up. Oh, yeah. I And I get... I do, too. It's like the only time... Like, one of the few times where I'll get, like, frustrated with the kids. Where I'm like, just stop talking... You're Let like, me the be. prophet is and, speaking. <laughs> like I, I really want to be better about inviting other people over to watch the conference with us. I think it's really hard at this phase with little kids because yeah, I, I would be embarrassed and I would be worried that like 
they were not getting things out of it because they were distracted by the kids. Yeah. Especially if we were inviting somebody over who had like watched their own comments for the, before, like I wouldn't want them to be like distracted by the kids. Right. But then also I'm like, I, I would rather not invite anybody over. I'd rather like close my house down for two days <laughs> and just be able to focus on conference with, with my family and, and like that'd be it, like and I find what I feel bad that I'm like that that I don't want to invite more people over, and like share drone conference with them. Um, I just I love it so much that I'm almost I'm too protective of. It. I have like a selfish love of general <laughs> conference, and I am far more quick to frustration with the kids during general conference, and I I don't like that. And I, I, I should work on it. I should. I will work on it in the future. Okay. Well, your lesson love was way more related to the topic than my love. Well, so. I am just a good podcast host. Okay. Well, good <laughs> on you. Good job. Uh, please, if you have not had a chance to listen to conference, go and give it a listen. There are a ton of great talks. It was about 10 hours total this weekend. Uh, and it sounds like a lot, but they're awesome. And there if, is something for you there. I promise. Yeah, if you don't want to sit down and watch all of them back to back to back to back, uh, or watch all of them during the weekend, I would highly, highly, highly recommend to just go listen, listen to one talk a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's over, totally doable. over the next month or so. Yeah, it's totally doable, and it'll make your day better. I try and listen to a talk a day in the mornings. And it makes it a huge difference. I totally t- can tell a difference when I, I when I listen to a talk in the mornings mm-hmm. from General Conference, and I'm super excited that we have another another batch because I ended up I end up listening to the listening to con- all the conference talks in a couple weeks, and then I listen to them again, and then maybe a third time, and then I'm like, okay, like I need to get through and read it and whatnot. But uh, please go listen to it if you haven't listened to it. And like Emily said, there's something for all of you um, if you. Don't want to listen to all of them, but you want to listen to a couple. You can look up conference talks by topic, mm-hmm. or if you have a specific topic you're interested in and you don't feel comfortable navigating the church's website or the church's app, please reach out to us. Yeah, ask us what you're yeah, interested, so what you're interested in, in and, we'll, and we'll share some talks that were related that yeah, we find related at least. It's a good idea. Uh, and. Mm-hmm. If you are enjoying the podcast, oh, yeah, I was just gonna do that. <laughs> Good. Please leave us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it is yeah. a very good surprise, and it's it feels really good when we get on and we see that somebody's yeah. left us a new rating or new review. I don't think we've had a review since February, so if you want to make us super super happy, yeah. you should leave us a review. <laughs> yeah, and we've gotten some more ratings, but we have yeah, people but reviews. Um, or if you want, you can screenshot the platform where you're listening and just pop it on your instagram stories and tie this you'd love to see that love that all right guys keep the faith we love you see ya